It's Thursday, June 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians, uh, season-high tying 12 runs, season-high 17 hits. Uh, they pick up Shane Bieber in the series finale uh, in Baltimore and, and come from behind and win that game, uh, take the series. They win their last two series of the month of May, and now it's on to Minnesota uh, for a, a big weekend series, four games against the Twins, where uh, they could go from third place to first place if uh, if they get a sweep. Yeah, Joe, just a uh, a great game, like a crazy one of those crazy games. Uh, just a back and forth, you know, the, like you were in Baltimore, it was hot in Baltimore, the ball was flying, and finally uh, Cleveland's bats woke up, and especially Josh Naylor. J- Naylor just had a huge game. Yeah, he had a huge game, a uh, big series for Josh Naylor, big month of May for Josh Naylor. Uh, among the, the baseball leaders in RBIs, I think with 25 for the month, uh, batted 293 in the month of, of May. Just, uh, a, a, you know, he's starting to come around and starting to solidify the uh, that sort of the, the middle of the lineup there uh, uh, for Cleveland. This was more along the lines of what, you know, the, the Guardians had hoped and envisioned that their offense could look like this year uh, in, in these last few games of the series uh, against the Orioles. Uh, they, and they really took apart a, a Baltimore bullpen that's been pretty good this year. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what do you think of when Naylor stole third and jammed his hand? I'm sitting there thinking, no, that yeah. cannot have yep. happened. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, crazy. Uh, he seemed pretty, pretty good in the locker room afterwards. Didn't really uh, pay a lot of attention to it, but um, I just it, it was just a sort of an example of. And, and earlier when he uh, on that double where he slid around uh, the tag attempt too, and, and almost overslid the bag. You know, he he gets out there and despite whatever physical limitations he might have, he gives 110 percent every time he runs the bases, uh, every time he's in the box. Uh, I, I just think this is a guy who is sort of the quintessential team player and and wants to do well for his teammates and his team and is going to give you everything 100 percent of the time. You know, it, it's no coincidence in the in the locker room in Baltimore. He, his locker was right next to Jose Ramirez. And, uh, you know, the two of them. Uh, really just sort of led this club uh, offensively throughout that series. Yeah, that was just a, a really a, a well, they needed a series like that, especially coming off the weekend against St. Louis when they took two or three. Now they've got some momentum uh, going into a big series with uh, the Twins. Uh, and, he, you know, he just looks, uh, you know, I love that quote by Tito that you had in your game story when you know when his when his helmet doesn't fly off you know he usually is swinging the right way and he just looked so relaxed at the plate there last yesterday uh, just you know on, on the home run swing on the you know on the on the doubles even on the single to left field he just looked so comfortable I, that's just me Joe I'm what do you think yeah that was uh it was good to see the ball jump off his bat that way and it's he, he doesn't have to overswing and it was the first game of the series where they were throwing him high fastballs and, and change-ups low, and he was swinging through everything and over-swinging, and I think he made the adjustment in the next two games of the series. Uh, Naylor had a career-high tying four hits. He drove in six runs in that game, and that's the most uh, RBIs in a game for Cleveland since Naylor had uh, had the Josh Naylor game uh, where, where he had eight <laughs> RBIs uh, in Chicago back in uh, May of, uh, of last season. Uh, it's... 
it's he's the first guy to to have uh, six RBIs in a in a nine inning game uh, since Jose Ramirez did it uh, in in April of last season at Cincinnati. So you know he's uh, he putting together some 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 nice games, some nice at bats, and, and particularly he just sort of snuck up on you in the month of May. That was that's a really good thing to see. Uh, the other guy that that Tito mentioned and said it was really good to see some of his at bats uh, was Andres Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez also had a career high tying four hits in that game, uh, and he's got consecutive multi-hit games uh, for the fourth time this season. So that's you know pretty significant. Yeah, they've been waiting for uh, Jimenez, you know, for through April. You know, he he he's rarely looked worse than he did in 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 April, and hopefully he starts coming out. I mean, April and May, and uh, you know, hopefully he comes out of this in June because he, he really did. He looked, he swung the bat well, Joe. He looked confident, you know, the ball like was jumping off his bat and he just seemed like, you know, it, it, it just seemed whatever he's been working on clicked and hopefully it carries over. Now it, he, he keeps going because he's such a big part of that offense. And, and, uh, you know, especially when he's hitting, you know, sixth and seventh in the lineup, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he has to hit, he has to hit for them to be effective. Stephen Kwan, uh, consistency. I'm telling you, he, he had another multi-hit game, uh, three hits in, in the game on uh, Wednesday. Uh, he has multi-hit games in his last four outings. He has 17 multi-hit games uh, this season. And uh, and as a leadoff hitter in leadoff at bats this year, uh, I think he's got 18 hits in 50 uh, leadoff plate appearances. That's like a 360 average. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, Stephen Kwan has been just consistent throughout the season. We're, we did not see a May swoon like we did last year. Yeah, he was. He, he goes three for six yesterday, three runs. He stole the base. He did a little bit of everything, Joe. He opens the game with a bunt single. Uh, that was know, the weirdest he, bunt single. That was one of the weirdest bunt singles I've ever seen. He wanted to drag it with him to, to second base because the second baseman was playing playing back and he popped it over the, the, the pitcher's head. That was that was really weird. It's well placed. He's playing lawn darts out there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and and of course, you know, it's it's the broken record. It's Jose Ramirez. I mean, we can keep spouting all of these superlatives for him. And Tito was asked about him again. It, it, every time Tito's asked about Jose Ramirez play, uh, playing well in a game, he he talks about how smart a hitter Jose is. And we saw that in the first at bat uh, that he really worked. Uh, to get uh, a pitch that he could hit and drill it down the left field line for a double. Uh, Jose, uh, with two doubles yesterday, tied Ken Keltner for fifth most extra base hits in franchise history. Uh, it was his 91st career game with at least two extra base hits. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot. And he leads all Major League Baseball hitters in uh, extra base hits since 2018 with 349. Uh, he's... He is a, a a doubles machine, an extra base hits machine. Runs the bases like crazy, and uh, you know they they don't win that game yesterday if if Jose Ramirez isn't uh, you know playing the way he did. Yeah, Kenny Keltner, a name from the past, one of the guys that stopped the, uh, DiMaggio's streak, right at yeah, the old stadium. Yeah, and you know Joe, I don't, you know I know he had three hits yesterday. Jose did. But the, the bat I really liked was in the sixth inning, 
he had ended in a strikeout, but twice he, you know, he sent line drives down the right field line, you know, mm-hmm. that, that just missed being doubles. It was, it was unbelievable watching him swing and, and just, you know, kind of work the sideline, work the, the foul line. I mean, and he just missed, he struck out, but he could add four doubles. I mean, he could add, yeah, three doubles yesterday. Yeah. And, and Tito mentioned that after the game, he talked about that specific at bat and, you know, what it led to for the rest of the team. So, uh, they they really did pick apart the um, the Orioles bullpen uh, and you know they weren't throwing their their you know ace uh, relievers the back end guys at them yesterday it was a uh, it was going to be a bullpen day they started with a an opener and uh, it, it it wasn't you know like their aces were going but you know they've got an off Orioles have an off day before uh, today before opening a series in San Francisco so you kind of knew that they were trying to piece things together. What you weren't expecting in that game uh, was Shane Bieber to come out and give up a career high tying seven earned runs. Uh, he really, uh, you know, very quickly in the second inning got to two outs, and then the next six Orioles hitters reached base. Uh, just an, an atypical uh, outing for Shane Bieber, uh, one where, you know, he might have gotten out of his delivery a little bit and, you know, wasn't feeling right. But uh, usually we're used to seeing Shane Bieber be able to correct sort of mid course and, and, and be able to at least go five innings in a situation like that. Uh, this time uh, he was out of there by the fourth inning and Zabion Curry had to come in in relief. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, <laughs> that's, it's just like when he got those two outs in the second inning, you thought, okay, the inning is over. And all of a sudden you look up and, uh, and uh, Baltimore scored four runs. You know, that's Joe, you said that's a career high, uh, seven earned runs that he allowed. He earlier in the season he he allowed a, a career had twelve hits in in a game. You know it's just uh, you know he is he's pitched well, but you know he he there's been incidents like this or, or games like this where you know he just uh, you know something happens and I don't know what what that was, but that was a strange performance by Bieber. You know, and I just like very very uncharacteristic. And I, you know you would think he would bounce back after that in his next time out. Right. Uh, he did say after he said all the right things after the game uh, about, uh, you know, his teammates picked him up. Josh Naylor in the offense picked him up. The bullpen picked him up. The bullpen gave up what one run over the final five innings uh, of, of work there. So, uh, you know, it was it was good to see that everybody sort of rally around Bieber when he didn't have his best day because, you know, it can just as easily and just as soon the next time be Bieber, you know, coming through with a performance to pick the rest of the team up when, when they're not hitting. So uh, it, that, that's the way it works. And, and Bieber knows that. So uh, really good, uh, you know, to see that happen, but yeah, we got to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on. If there's something that needs tinkering with, uh, with Bieber's mechanics there uh, when he gets out of his delivery, like Tito said, he did. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to mention from uh, the game yesterday, before we move on to some other stuff, uh, Gabriel Arias uh, hit, uh, a ball that I don't think has landed yet. Uh, it was in the uh, in the Guardians bullpen in the back of the uh, left center field, uh, you know, fence area there. 441 feet, the hardest hit ball of his career, according to Statcast, uh, and that was uh, you know a, a pretty good shot. And and he certainly uh, uh, stared it down after he hit it. He knew he hit it, and he 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 watched it for a, a few seconds. 
Yeah, that was I, I couldn't believe how far that ball went. I mean, and, you know, you, you, he hit it out toward what left center field where they move the fences back. And I, I mean, no, no, no park could have held that ball. No, and, no, that's uh, a home run in 30 of 30 parks for sure. Yeah, and you, the good thing is, Joe, and, you know, in his in one of what is two of his first three plate appearance appearances, he walked as well. You know, uh-huh. so we're, we're not seeing all that swing and miss that we see saw earlier in the year, you know, maybe he's starting to get zeroed in and dialed in, you know, with the the Guardians and, and Francona have kept saying, well, this guy's a big part of our future. We have to keep playing him. So maybe we're starting to see what they see because, you know, earlier in the year, I, I did not, I, I did not, I was not seeing, I was not on the same page that they were. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Arias against the, uh, the twins play the majority of that series. Uh, play some games in right field, maybe play a game or two at short if they give uh, Ahmed Rosario a, a, a day to DH or be off his feet or whatever. Uh, I, I You've got to keep him in the lineup uh, the way he's swinging the bat right now. So uh, certainly, uh, yeah, seeing what you're seeing in terms of the, the quality at bats uh, as opposed to, you know, going out there and trying to do a little too much uh, as he was earlier. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, great win for the team. Great, uh, great way to get on the plane and, and head to, uh, Minnesota. We'll get to the, the Minnesota series here and the, the intrigue surrounding some of the matchups here in a moment. Uh, but, uh, first let's talk about subtext. Uh, I wanted to mention our subscription service. Uh, there are going to be moves coming up that you're going to want to know about if you're a Guardians fan and, uh, Hoinsey and I will have them uh, out to you through subtext first. Uh, before they're on Twitter, before they're on uh, Cleveland.com. So sign up, 216-208-4346 is the number to send a text message to or go on Cleveland.com slash subtext and subscribe that way. It's $3.99 a month uh, to get uh, all the inside information on the Guardians and and the moves that are coming. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got to talk about because uh, Aaron Savali set to come off the injured list on Friday, uh, we don't know what the the moves are. Uh, we you know we could speculate on you know who might be sent out uh, in terms of uh, out of the rotation and out of the bullpen, uh, making a trip to uh, Columbus uh, being optioned there. I think Hunter Gaddis uh, might be uh, you know someone who who is is certainly going to be given an opportunity to go back and maybe pitch in, in Columbus. Uh, but we also found out uh, just by sort of reading the tea leaves here, the the matchups that the team sends around uh, each day in an email with, uh, you know, looking ahead to the rest of the series. Uh, originally, Cal Quantrill was listed as the Sunday starter. Uh, and right now that's been changed to TBD. Uh, so to be determined uh, who gets the start against Joe Ryan in the series finale on Sunday and if things line up the way they're supposed to, Tristan McKenzie could be the guy getting that start, uh, and that would mean Cal Quantrill moving to the bullpen. Yeah, that would be, uh, you know, that 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 move is definitely in play, Joe. You know, McKenzie, uh, you know, he really hasn't. This would be his first start in the regular season. He got injured in his last spring training start uh, back in March. 
Um, you know, he's been rehabbing ever since. So, you know, this would be uh, it would be an interesting move. It's an interesting move. You know, Quantrill obviously has struggled the last two times out. But the last time he faced the Twins, you know, uh, last month or in early May, he threw seven scoreless innings against them in, and beat Ryan. So, you know, interesting move if that's if that's the way it unfolds. Well, and you've also got to look at Savali's history of not being able to go and not being able to, you know, stay consistently in the rotation because of injuries. So if you're going to move Cal Quantrill out of the rotation, you maybe make him the long man and you maybe give yourself an insurance policy uh, that's right there against Savali if he breaks down again. Uh, I guess you've got to kind of, you know, go forward with the idea that Savali is going to be, you know, serviceable for the next, you know, couple of times through the rotation. But uh, again, if he doesn't give you what, what you're expecting, uh, it, it, it gets a little old, you know, always having to deal with the next thing with uh, a, a guy who can't, you know, consistently stay healthy and, and stay in the rotation. Quantrill's, you know, been a guy who can do that, but he just hasn't been effective. And if, if Savali, I got to believe he gets, you know, maybe a month or two of, of, of chances here, as long as he stays healthy. And if he's not effective, maybe they move Quantrill back into the rotation. Yeah, they've got a lot of options, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, Curry, what? Curry threw an inning yesterday. <clears throat> Is he still in the mix? He's been, you know? he's, he's been excellent. I think Curry's yeah. been uh, – got to like what they've seen out of him. He does nothing but come in and throw strikes. You know, he gave up a run yesterday. But, again, Baltimore's offense is Baltimore's offense. They're they're pretty good. Uh, he came in and gave up a run, but he's he's picked up two wins. And, you know, he's always come in and done exactly what they've asked of him. I I think they like him in that role, just like they like Eli Morgan in the role that Eli Morgan is in. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 there's not necessarily uh, – you, you, you don't want to sacrifice some guys that are hot. You you go with guys who are, are pitching well, and right now that's Eli Morgan and Xavier Curry. Yeah, I'm thinking if, you know, with uh, Savali starting uh, Friday night, could Curry come back and maybe back him up if, if Savali has a short start? After throwing yeah, that um, inning yesterday, I, could he go three? I don't know. He probably couldn't go three, right? Maybe two. Well, and you're also one and a third. He could probably go multiple innings, but you know, you're, you're the most is going to be three. Right now, I think Quantrill, if he's moved to the bullpen, would be a better, you know, choice to to go out there. He's he just pitched the other day, so uh, you know, he wouldn't be he wouldn't have more than an inning or two in him. Uh, on this Friday, but if you get Quantrill and Savali lined up uh, in terms of when you use them, then he could come in and piggyback if if needed. Uh, well, well, Savali if he goes short. Uh, I I just I kind of like the idea of Quantrill working on some mechanical things, and you know maybe if you're using him in smaller bursts, you know one to two innings in a game, his stuff might play up a little better. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe he, he writes himself, uh, when he goes to the bullpen, uh, it's, it's happened in the past. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. The other thing is, you know, they've got to make multiple moves here on the roster. They, they've got to make a 40 man move to get, uh, Tristan back on. And, you know, it's not just two moves on the, on the active roster, the 26 man, it's, it's somebody's going to have to get designated for assignment, uh, off of the 40 man in order to get Tristan back from the 60 day injured list. Uh, and, you know, there's uh, there's certainly young guys that you could maybe try to try to sneak through on waivers or, or whatnot. But 
you know, teams are aware that the Guardians have a pretty deep farm system. And as soon as those guys hit waivers, they'll they'll be they'll be looking to put a claim on them. Yeah, that it's going to be you know, it's going to be an interesting weekend in uh, in Minneapolis for sure. The way uh, you know the, the with the moving parts in the uh, in the rotation and the bullpen, you know. And what what do we, what do we think about James Karinchak, Joe? He, I know he you know he had that really really struggled at, at home, but he had you know he did pitch a scoreless inning. Um, you know, the, in the first the Baltimore series, it looked like he got things straightened out. Is he is he is he on the bubble? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's there's always a chance that that uh, you know they could tell him, hey, we're gonna option you back, go down and clean up your uh, your mechanics, you know, work with the pitch timer and all that, and and, and get yourself heated back up before uh, before they they bring him back up and uh, if there's an opportunity uh, there. But uh, if you're if you're going based on performance alone, yeah, James Karinchak is a guy who's at risk right now of of being optioned in order to make room on that uh, active roster. I think for sure uh, you could probably get by with moving uh, Quantrill to the pen, uh, optioning James Karinchak and, and, and bringing, uh, you know, Savali in uh, just to, to make sure you've got, uh, you know, guys who are ready. I think uh, those are definitely all options that are in play. How long Karinchak stays uh, down if he's optioned, uh, you know, probably totally up to him. Yeah, I, I misspoke. He, he pitched Tuesday. He didn't pitch uh, Monday against Baltimore. Right. He pitched. But, he pitched in the game that they lost. So, yeah. You know that's why the the outing really didn't mean mean a whole lot. Yeah. So um, I mean, but they've got a lot of options. You know, they you know Joe, they could keep Gaddis in for a long guy. You know, if I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see which way they go here. Yeah, a lot of options, and uh, again, we'll, we're going to find out pretty pretty soon here uh, later on today uh, when when you show up and you see who's in the locker room and who's not in the first day of the uh, the trip. So it uh, should also be interesting. Uh, wanted to mention uh, the latest in the uh, Bally's versus MLB uh, hearing that's going on that could determine uh, how uh, Guardians fans get to see their team uh, broadcast over uh, you know, broadcast broadcast at all. I don't know. Uh, it, it's uh, it right now. They're sort of in a at a stalemate. The 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 uh, hearing is ongoing. Uh, we won't know probably until the end of the week what uh, you know what what's going to happen moving forward. Whether or not Major League Baseball is going to take over uh, the broadcast uh, you know rights for the the Guardians. Yeah, it's really interesting, Joe. They had a lengthy uh, meeting, you know, a lengthy hearing in uh, Houston yesterday, nine nine hours. Uh, you know, the the four teams involved are the Guardians, the Diamondbacks, uh, Texas, uh, Texas, and the Twins. Uh, they are all trying to. They're all, you know, petitioning the bankruptcy court. This, they're saying, okay, we want to get paid by by uh uh you know we want to get paid we want our contracts honored by uh, ba- uh you know Diamond Sports Group which is the parent company of Bally Sports or you know we want uh, our rights back our TV rights back that they would return you know to the teams and MLB as we saw on Tuesday with the Padres TV rights being sent back to the uh to the ball club and MLB 
and them will be stepping right up and you know putting their te- putting their picking their games up as of last night on TV on on you know their their streaming uh, MLB you know app and and you know various uh, cable networks um, you know, and uh, you know Commissioner uh, uh, Rob Manfred testified for over two hours yesterday. Um, he, he and he you know said that he you know any team. You know, Valley Sports has has contract regional sports network, uh, regional sports network contracts with 14 MLB teams. You know, uh, the commissioner said that any team that loses, you know, that that Valley Sports or I mean Diamond Sports Group, you know, uh, reneges on their deal or steps away from their deal, they uh, MLB will back. Will will backstop them and pay 80% of the contract they they had with uh, Diamond Sports Group for this year, and and they will put make sure their games are on, you know, that they don't miss any uh, their their scheduled television schedule. So the, this all centers around Diamond Sports wanting to pry away the ability to stream games or offer to their subscribers. Uh, the ability to stream games, and that's something that MLB holds the rights to, the, the streaming rights. And this basically is, a, you know, a tug of war between Sinclair and MLB over these streaming rights. MLB doesn't have to to give them anything. They they should have to honor the contract that they signed up for, just because the value of the broadcast rights has declined over the last few years for these certain markets uh you know hey you signed the contract it's not mlb's fault that the that the the value isn't the the you know it, it the the worth isn't there uh just because you want the the streaming rights so uh, i get it and it would make things a lot easier for for fans if they did have the streaming rights like they do for uh those nba teams and like they do for certain other uh mlb markets uh, it, it would be. Uh, I know a lot of people who would love to be able to just jump on their Bally's app and and watch Guardians games on the phone or stream it through their TVs that way. Uh, but right now, that's not what the contract says. That's not what they they made their agreement to. Uh, so they should have to honor that contract. I just I don't get what the what the argument is over here. Uh, it should be pretty cut and dry. I, I, if I was the judge sitting there, it would be the, the hearing wouldn't be nine hours. I can tell you that. Uh, well, and the hearing's still going on today, Joe. So we might get a, a verdict uh, later we're today. Not gonna, we're tonight. not going to get anything. We're not going <laughs> to find anything. You know, out. What the judge, about? the judge did say he wanted to make a decision. You know, either uh, on Thursday. So we'll see if he if he does or not. But there's a lot of information fl- flying around that courtroom in Houston right now. All right. Well, if we come on if we come on with a podcast Friday and we have an answer, I'll be. I will be the most surprised person on the podcast. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, like we said, a big series opening tonight. Tanner Bybee on the mound against Pablo Lopez. Uh, this should be a, a really good matchup. Bybee's been been solid, and, and Lopez has been a great addition for uh, the Twins. Uh, what are we expecting uh, in the series opener tonight at Target Field? 
Yeah, you know, like you said, Joe Bybee's been everything you could want you could want out of a rookie uh, right-hander. Just uh, been, you know, really, you know, I don't think he's had a bad start. I mean, he's just come in and, and acted like he belongs. And we're going to get, uh, you know, the Guardians get their first look at Lopez. You know, the, uh, one of the Twins' big off-season acquisitions. They uh, what they traded Louis Louis arise to for to the Marlins for him, right? So uh, mm-hmm. that. Uh, that's a big, you know, that's that's a deal that's helped both clubs, and uh, you know, I, th- uh, you know, the Twins are coming in off a win against Houston last night, and um, and uh, you know, the Guardians are coming in playing maybe their best baseball of the year right now. So good, you know, just gonna be an interesting four game series for sure. Looking forward to your coverage out there in Minnesota. Uh, Hoinsie, we'll be back with you uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. Good. 